And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody out there and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 286. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. Quick shout out to our friends and family in Florida who have just gone through Hurricane Irma. Hope all of you are doing well. Hope the uh, the floors are, are dry at your house and you're not having any uh, uh, you know, wind damage to your home or, or property. You know, it's a, it a nasty storm that, and of course, I have a lot of people down in Florida, so... You know, I've uh, been constantly thinking of everybody over the past week. Another uh, sad, sad bit of news that we had last week as I was editing the show was reports of the death of the great comic writer Len Wein, creator of Wolverine, Swamp Thing, among others. I've never been a fan of Len Wein in the, in the sense of me seeking out his work, but I've always enjoyed his work. And I, I've mostly enjoyed the stories that he tells. So uh, it's sad, you know, and it's bad enough that we have these golden age guys dropping off left and right nowadays, but it seems like the, uh, now we're getting the silver age and bronze age creators. They're, they're getting kind of old too. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, <laughs> the sixties was a long time ago. So a tough week there for a lot of folks, but you know what always makes me feel better? An issue of Thor. So let's just go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the mighty Thor 31 which came out in, uh, looks like, uh, January of 2001. Cover price was $2.25, three fifty in Canada. Cover art is by Andy Kubert, shows Thor, and he is standing encased in ice. We have Odin also laying there in his uh, racing car bed, also encased in ice. Uh, there's a mace hanging around in the, the snow. I don't want to call it like stuck in the ice because it just seems like it's hanging around. Uh, there's a mace hanging around in the ice behind Thor. Um, looks like Hogan's mace. And we have some sort of sinister shadows lurking in the background behind them. I have a feeling that this scene does not actually appear in the issue. And we open up to the splash page where, of course, we have the credits. Winter's Eternal Moon is the title of the story. Dan Jurgens and Andy Kubert are co-plotters on this. And uh, Scott Hanna is the uh, navigator. Um, interesting. So uh, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that uh, Kubert and Hanna uh, did the art together. And uh, you know, Jurgens mainly did the writing. And, and, and Jurgens and Kubert came up with the plot together. Gregory Wright was the colorist. Comic Crafts Wes Abbott was the letterer. Mark Sumerak and Tom Brevort are the editors. And, of course, Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief. Uh, the splash page shows Thor flying over New York City. 
and a very nice uh, shot we have here. The buildings look great. Thor, well, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. And we get a little bit of a caption here. Over his long and storied life, the God of Thunder has experienced everything from worship to hate. Mortals once feared his wrath even while praying to him. Their fear was unnecessary, for Thor's attitude was one of benevolence. He shouldered the responsibility of the safety and well-being of mortal and god alike. That very sense of responsibility is now the cause of his regret. Thor, the earth now symbolizes failure, for in his absence it was nearly overrun by alien forces. And this is, has to do with the, um, uh, the maxi-series or mini-series or whatever it was that we were part of the, um, uh, the crossover last issue. To Thor... Even as a friend's life depended on his presence. And uh, Thor lands in front of the hospital. And there's some old people. And um, uh, they say, whoa, Charlene, is that who I think it is? Sure enough, looks to be red. And there's um, some, some woman standing going, mmm, yum. <laughs> and some uh, fat black guy. And he looks aghast. And we have a couple other people who are just kind of looking around. Obviously, you've just got a you know seven-foot-tall Asgardian landing in front of the hospital, so people are going to notice. That does tend to happen. And the old folks come up to uh, Thor, and they say, Excuse me, Mr. Thor, but can we have your autograph? We came all the way from San Antonio to see us an Avenger. Is it true that Thursday is actually named after you? I am a lady, says Thor, but I beseech thee, let the son of Odin pass. For the urgent business of a friend's death doth need attending. Oh my, says the old lady. And he strides into the um, hospital and he is confronted with a priest. The priest says, uh, You look troubled, my son. Might I be of assistance? Only if thou art able to revive the dead, says Thor. When last I saw Hogan, he did sly at death's door. Now I fear the worst. Ease your worry. Whatever passes, know that God is with you. I thank thee for thy comforting words, father. Some in thy profession showeth me not such kindness. Because you claim the mantle of godhood yourself, I suppose. Aye, says Thor. God's infinite wisdom prevails in the countless forms of life he created. I know well of your many good deeds, and would gladly see many more of your kind on earth. May peace be with you, sir. And with you, father, says Thor, and the priest strides away. Something tells me that priest is going to become important later. And Thor goes in, and we have Hannah, and uh, she's hanging around at the, uh, the desk, which is kind of where she, she hangs out. Holy Thor! Speakest thou now of Hogan, Hannah Fairmount? I must know of his fate. You haven't heard? Heimdall's horns! Art thou saying? And a voice comes from behind. Easy, big fella. Jane Foster. Hogan's fine, thanks to Balder. In fact, we discharged him yesterday. And a voice uh, comes from behind here, and it is um, uh, Mr. whatever his name, Mr. Thomas or Mr. Ryan. It was Mr. Ryan uh, comes up from behind him. Where's Jake Olson? Tell me now so I can fire him. You're Jake's boss, says Jane. Thomas Ryan, and that lousy no good hasn't been to work for days. You didn't hear about his special duty? Special duty, my eye. Speakest thou of Jake Olson, paramedic, says Thor. And he turns around in front of Mr. Ryan, who is pretty clearly intimidated by the image of the Thunder God standing before him. <laughs> and uh, Thor says, The Avengers did require Jake Olson's emergency medical services whilst battling yon horde of threatening aliens. Mayhap thou didst not see the special release paperwork filed on his behalf. 
Avengers? His paramedic talents and tenacity speak well of thine entire department. The Avengers. Imagine that. Wow. And Thor said he made the whole unit look good. That's just what Thor told me before you arrived. And Hannah's like, he did? Um, so, yeah, that's something interesting going on there. No wonder. I trained Olsen myself, you know. And um, we see uh, Jake Olsen stride into the room, and he says, Did someone mention my name? Jake, my boy, tell me, son, how long has it been since I gave you a raise? Uh, never. A mere oversight. Come to my office and we'll work it out. Maybe even as much as $10 more a week. So we, have, so we definitely have this Mr. Ryan character who's he's basically J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Mr. Ryan goes stalking off and uh, Jake is talking quietly with, um, with Jane here. Isn't it somewhat unethical for you to use your other identity to enhance your professional situation? That other identity would have gotten me fired if I hadn't. How's Hogan? As grumpy as ever. In other words, good as new. I only wish my husband could recover from his coma so easily. If there's anything I can do... Thanks, but no, you might want to get home. An old friend of yours is waiting. Who? See for yourself. And we get a a close-up of Hannah kind of looking thoughtful. So, yeah, so maybe there's something going on here. And um, Thor steps outside, and it's snowing. And uh, Jake says... It'll feel good to be ho- snow already and cold to boot. Temperature feels like it's dropped 10 degrees in the last hour. I don't think I've ever seen a snowstorm hit New York this early, and I know a thing or two about storms. It's enough to make me wonder if there's something more to it than meets the eye. And uh, during this time, uh, Jake Olson is rushing home. He passes by, looks like a, a coffee shop called Ceres or something like that. And he's going up uh, like a rickety uh, manual elevator up to uh, his apartment. And he opens the door. And we have a double-page spread of the inside of Jake Olson's apartment. And we do indeed have some old friends. And they are, of course, the Warriors 3, along with Beta Ray Bill. So we've got uh, Hogan. He's sitting in a chair. Um, He's uh, watching TV. He's got... uh, um, a beer in one hand, and he's clicking uh, channels on the TV with the other. And, of course, Beta Ray Bill is there. He's having a beer as well. Volstag is there eating a pizza, just picked the whole thing up and eating it in a way that pizza wouldn't actually work. But, okay, <laughs> we, we will forgive the, uh, the physics of pizza being violated here. Um, but he's basically picked it up like a giant cracker and he's just gnawing on it. So obviously this crust is really, really hard. Fandral sitting behind Volstagg on top of a, uh, looks like a giant pile of pizza boxes. And um, he has a beer as well. And uh, Hogan is saying, um, Bah, my final answer would be, Passeth me the million dollars now, ere I separate thy babbling head from thy shoulders, Regis. Uh, so they're obviously watching uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Quiet, Hogan, says Batery Bill. We have company. Uh, Fandral says, Hogan, speak us proper. A contest of treasure should be waged on the field of glorious battle, not from cushioned chairs. Wouldst thou not agree, Volstagg? Why, with a million dollars, I could purchase pizzas enough to last almost a week. And uh, Jake uh, goes up to Batery Bill. It's like, Batery Bill, it's good to see you whole again. And Bill is like, you're Thor? Pardon me for abandoning you, Hogan. I, 
As thou didst attend to thy duty, thy apology is unnecessary, old friend. Yon buffalo wings art unsurpassed. Tis most passing strange, for I knew not that the buffalo of Midgard couldst fly. And, uh, <laughs> and we're back talking to Bill here. I was fortunate, Odinson. The interplanetary council that exiled alien criminals on Earth did the same to me. And, yeah, that's why he was apparently dropped on Earth in an egg. Happily, I'm sure, says Olsen. Indeed. I'm glad to see Earth again, and even more excited to see Asgard. Then we'll wait no longer, says Jake, and he bashes his fist on the ground and becomes Thor. Gather around, my friends. For just as Batery Bill's heart doth yearn for the golden spires of Asgard, so too does the god of thunders. By the grace and mystical might of mine Uru Hammer, Mjolnir, we shall journey there. Anon! And he starts whipping up his Ajax White Tornado, and he whips it right up, and they are flying through space, and they land on the Rainbow Bridge where they notice there's a bit of a problem. Yeah, everything is coated in ice. And uh, as Thor is landing, he says, Look, my friends, for the sight that now meets us is the realm Thor doth happily call home. <laughs> so it looks as though uh, Jotunheim has just opened up on, on Asgard and everything is just coated in, in snow and ice. I can guess what happened here. By the bristling beard of Odin, this is though all of Asgard hath been covered by no less than a glacier. Hela's hounds! If the kitchens are frozen as well, starvation shall grip us by the morn. And uh, Badri Bill says, Forgive me for asking, but considering the power that resides in Asgard, shouldn't this be impossible? Aye, Bill, thou art right. Even though my father hath succumbed to the Odin sleep, still be there warriors enough to counter any threat. Seeing the realm victimized thusly, I cannot help but wonder what ill wind hath overtaken Baldur and the rest of Asgard's protectors. We shift scenes, and we are with the aforementioned Baldur, and he is being swarmed by an army, and it's mostly giant dogs, and they look you know, very vicious indeed, and it's like, Baldur is fighting them, and he's shouting out, Strike us once, twice, thrice, even a thousand times, and still I'll not yield, vile creatures. Though ye embody the detestable ravages of hell itself, Baldur the brave shall not shrink from his duty. For the mightiest of might, greatest of the great, and the mightiest of the mighty, omnipotent Odin rests beyond yon doors, and I'll gladly surrender my life before I give him up to the likes of thee. So obviously all these uh, soldiers and dogs, and actually they're riding the dogs, so I guess this is the uh, Svartalfheim army, and they are trying to get into Odin's bedchamber where he is sleeping, of course. Defiant words, but foolish ones in the face of such overwhelming odds, says one of the soldiers. Never have I seen a single man fight with such ferocity, but it matters not. Balder is filled at last. And a couple of the dogs have jumped on top of him. And um, we have uh, Malekith entering the fray. And Malekith is here just kind of floating in midair. And behind him, Pentagarn, who um, melted last issue, um, but I guess he's back. Finally, Pentagar, we stand on the precipice of victory. Thou art valiant indeed, Balder. Once broken, thou shalt make the most useful of slaves. I would wait no longer, Pentagar. Odin, the only one capable of stopping us, is within, and I wish to dance upon his corpulent corpse. Uh, the, the ice guy says, So you shall, Malekith. And he scutches open the door with his ice axe, 
and they enter the room and Odin is not alone in his racing car bed. There are other people in the room as well, a bunch of guards. Uh, Sif is in there. So yeah, so he's not entirely unguarded. And uh, Sif goes, Malekith, by the blade of Mahaiheim, I should have known thou wert the cause of this wintry assault. Stand fast, guardians of the realm, if thou art ever to prove thy devotion to Odin, that time is at hand. And um, Malekith is really angry. He's like, kill them, slay them, feed on their innards, but leave Odin to me. And the uh, dogs are attacking all the guards, and um, one of them says, Heimdall's eyes, they are too fast to... Yeah, is, is interrupted, and, and uh, Pentagar is, is fighting Sif, and um, she shouts, I see demon, as Odin hath entrusted me with his kingdom, so hath he entrusted me with his life. And I swear upon his everlasting crown that Lady Sif shall not allow thee to pass, no matter the price. And she is smashing at him with her sword and causing him to go scash. And uh, he is just kind of undaunted by that. And he goes, Witch, I am the force of winter's eternal come to life, unstoppable to one such as thee. Ah, Odin, says Malekith, and he's kind of hovering over where Odin is lying there. Thou dost slumber like unto a babe. All thy power, all the magnificent battles thou hast fought. How ironic that the instrument of thy death shall not be axe or sword, but a simple fluffy pillow. And he um, picks up a pillow, obviously trying to um, to, uh, suffocate him while he sleeps. Sif is... uh, fighting Pentagar still, but she turns around and sees what's going on. Thou, thou mustn't! And uh, Malachus is like, with thy passing, the nine worlds are mine. And we get a voice coming from behind. Remove thy craven hands, villain! And we have a double-page spread here, and it is Thor and Bill and the Warriors Three, and they have crashed through the door, and they are fighting viciously, even Volstagg. And, you know, Volstagg is just, like, throwing these dogs all around, and Hogan is smashing these soldiers with his mace, and, and Thor is just kind of growling and running forward to, um, uh, to get Malekith. And we see um, Hogan as well, and Fandral. Thor says, Thou hast sounded the cry of battle, Malekith. And if battle be thy cry, Thor, god of thunder and son of the all-wise, shall not be found wanting. Stand forth, devil. The wrath of Thor shall smite thee down forever. And Malachi's like, Thou art here? That I am, dark elf, and in no mood to show thee mercy, not whilst Mjolnir can strike and protect the living omnipotence from thy deviant designs. And uh, Bill is um, there, and he's attacking Pentagar with uh, Stormbreaker, and he's saying... Uh, you escaped when last we tangled, Pentagar. This time you pay. Sif is surprised to see Bill, and she's like, Bill, thou thou hast returned. And uh, Fandral says, Thor and Bill fight with a fury never before seen, Hogan. Tis a fury we must match blow for blow, Fandral, says Hogan. Thou seekest rule of the nine worlds, says Thor. Thou art mad. Should thy sick, putrid brand of evil be forced upon anyone, chaos and degradation would result. And he's uh, trying to smash Mjolder into uh, Malekith's face, um, but uh, doesn't seem to be very accurate in his anger. But uh, nonetheless, Malekith is looking a little bit scared here. For even deigning to presume such an atrocity, thou must be removed from this plane once and for all. And um, we see Malekith reaching for the Cask of Ancient Winters, and he says, uh, As guardian, thou talkest far too much. Begone, 
and he takes the casket and he just opens it uh, a little bit and there's a swoosh of cold air and ice and it uh, just is, just pushes Thor back and out the window and uh, Thor is falling and he kind of falls down onto um, you know, just giant ice pillars and stuff that are down there where they cracked and um, he looks around. He, he's not hurt, obviously. And he looks around. And he says, by the thousand threats of Ragnarok, Twas the enchanted cask of ancient winters Malak has struck with. Every Asgardian has been encased in ice. Tis nigh impossible. And he, yeah, he's looking around and all the uh, Asgardian warriors and so forth, they're just encased in ice, like he said. Anything is possible when thou darest fight Malekith and his newest ally, Curse. And we see a full page spread here of Curse and he is stepping on Thor's head. And things do not look so good for the Thunder God. Next issue, Forever Cursed. And that is Thor Volume 2, number 31. And of course, we're going to talk all about it after this message. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass. <laughs> we oh, just yeah. turned on him! <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is romance comics theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book And we're back, and of course we have a few words to say about the issue, because, yeah, it, it's a pretty basic issue. There's not a whole lot going on that isn't kind of by-the-book boilerplate, Asgard's in danger, we need to do something about it kind of thing. We've got some Battle McBattlestein, we've got just generally wrapping up the, the loose ends from last issue. So by and large, kind of an unremarkable story. So I think, you know, in reflection of that, I think we can kind of concentrate on the artwork here. Uh, the artwork uh, by Kubert and Hannah is, is really good. Beta Ray Bill in particular looks really good. It's hard to, to draw Beta Ray Bill. It, I think that, that kind of Beta Ray Bill was probably designed that way on purpose. Um, and very few people can pull off a Beta Ray Bill that really, really looks good. And I think that they've managed it here. <laughs> this, uh, the scene of the Warriors 3 and, and Bill in Thor's apartment, um, yeah, it's cute. Um, looks like they've made quite a mess. You, one would think that uh, as Guardians would think a little bit better um, you know, at housekeeping, but uh, maybe they're used to servants cleaning everything up. But uh, <laughs> Jake Olson is going to have quite a lot of cleaning to do um, when he gets back to uh, New York. But uh, like I said, Bill looks pretty good. There is definitely a Simonson tinge to the art, as though some of the, the creatures, uh, they have sort of a, a Simonson-type look to them. I suppose that makes sense. They're using, obviously, Beta Ray Bill, but also Malekith, both of whom Simonson created. So maybe let's harken back to that a little bit in the artistic style. I like the idea of the, the Casket of Ancient Winters being used as a um, 
almost like a, a personal weapon, like a sidearm. You know, you can just open it a little bit and it'll cause, you know, a little bit of, uh, of you know, blasting of ice and that kind of thing. It seems to me last time, didn't the casket get broken into pieces and they have to put it back together? But of course, obviously the effects last time was, was it like all of Earth was like, um, was like uh, the Fimbleventer. Um, so yeah, pretty good stuff. I think Hubert has a really good sense of, of structure. He has a really good sense of where to exaggerate anatomy and where not to. There is still a little bit of extreme 90s type posturing going on here, but it's mixed in with a more classic kind of look, a more Simonson kind of look, a more Kirby kind of look. And even a little bit here, um, dare I say it, a little bit of Gil Kane. We get a little bit of uh, Gil Kane coming through here. And maybe that has to do with the, the fact that the Kuberts had the best teachers, you know, obviously their own father, um, but also probably the, the rest of the, um, you know, the, the Marvel greats. And uh, this, this picture, the double-page spread here of uh, Thor and the Warriors 3 attacking Malekith is decidedly Gil Kane-ish, uh, particularly in the uh, portrayal of Volstagg. But uh, yeah, so so by and large, pretty good issue. Nothing nothing wonderful. Um, it's kind of a like I said, uh, by the numbers action issue, but it's well drawn at least, and 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 reasonably well written too. So you know, we have a little bit of a sense of urgency, and you know we have to find out what's going to happen next time. All right. So speaking of next time, it is time to wrap up the show for this week. Thanks once again, folks, very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just come over there and look for us there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>